everybody, and welcome to another episode of Not Your Average Netizens. This is Ash, and I'm here with two of my lovely co-podcasters, Jimin. Hello. And Nat. Hello. And we are here to talk about the K-pop news of the past week. So let's get started. So I'm going to start off. We have a little update here with um, in the Hyuna Idan Cube saga. So this is something that has been kind of making the rounds and I don't think has any definitive source um, because we haven't heard anything official from Cube as of yet. And it's been a few weeks, a couple weeks now. And I'm pretty sure that they said when they originally made their original announcement that they were going to make a decision by the end of the week. But of course, here we are. Um, so basically the rumor is, is that according to a source familiar with the situation, Hannah is in the process of parting ways with Cube Entertainment. Um, uh, reportedly, the two parties are working on arranging her remaining advertising contracts and selling other matters. According to the source, Hyuna and the agency were unable to reconcile their differences after she revealed her relationship with Edon. And Cube only exacerbated the problems when they released their notice on September 13th, um, basically telling the public that they were going to fire both of them without letting them know. And Hyuna, obviously, she found out through friends and news articles. So, um Apparently, she told um, close friends that this would probably be the end of her relationship with the company. And so, interestingly enough, some of the news articles that I've seen have um, titled this as Edon and Hannah leaving Cube, but the article only mentions Hannah. Um, Edon is not mentioned as making, having made any decision or having any decision made for him as of yet. So there's nothing, uh, doesn't look like there's anything definitive made about his status in Pentagon as of yet. But um, just recently <laughs> on Instagram, Hannah um, posted um, very cute, I think, couple photos of her and Edon together walking in the park hand in hand. And um, on Pentagon's, was it second anniversary, I think, is, or, yeah, I guess it's their second anniversary. So um, that kind of seems to me like kind of a middle finger to Cube. <laughs> and um, anyway, I, you know, I wish these two crazy kids well. Um, it be a shame for both of them to leave Cube, but the way this whole thing is going has been very unfair to the both of them, I think. And um, I hope wherever they end up that they're able to be successful. Edon especially. Um, I Part of me wishes, hopes that he can stay with Pentagon because um, honestly, I think they need him just as much as he needs them, but we shall see. Any further thoughts on the saga as it stands that's kind of where i'm heading with it too you know hyuna doesn't need cube 
cube needs Hyuna. So, yeah. I mean, because the ones that get their idols, you know, their gigs and things like that. But I feel like Hyuna is such a, a brand in itself that she is the one who gets these contracts and things like that for herself. And maybe even for some of the fellow her fellow idols and colleagues yeah. in the company. So, she'll be fine. I do believe that Ida should probably go back to Pentagon if that's something that they can work on a compromise with. Um, but I, I only want it to be on his terms and on the boys' terms. I don't want it to be something where he's like, has to bow or some crazy shit like from Cube because mm. they, you know, they f- were in their feelings about like two people dating. And who, like, who cares? Like, they dated, whatever. They're still dating. They're celebrating two years. They might get married and have some kids. Who knows at this point, you know? Mm. Um, but. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I do feel for him, it being in the group is probably the best thing for him and for the group. Because as you said, he needs them at this time in his career. Um, but, you know, he can still, like, plot his escape from Cube <laughs> for the future. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I wish them all the best. And good for Hyuna for putting those pictures up and not giving a crap. Yeah, I mean, I really agree with Nat. Um, also, there's a rumor that everybody in Pentagon is dating, according to some industry insider. This some probably some old guy who just likes drama. Um, oh yeah, I heard you made a joke about like that they should all leave or something if yeah. Edom leaves or something. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they were all at least like trying to talk to somebody or whatever. They're I hope they are. They're young. They're young yeah. Um, yeah, honestly, I just hope Ida can continue to be employed. Well, continue. I don't know if he's currently employed, right? <laughs> <laughs> the way Cube is set up. <laughs> the way the way they did this situation is that technically this man is not employed. I'm pretty sure he's not seeing, seeing a check. So um, I hope that he can get re-employed. I don't know. Maybe Cube should like sign to the to Beast label, or Cube. Just <laughs> 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 sign to to Beast label, and then we'll solve these problems. Yeah, I think we'll, they're still we'll too see. Uh, yeah, they, I don't crazy think they. they I feel like they had their. I did. I do think they had a breakout hit though. Um, I think that Shine is their love scenario, which is. Uh, icons, blood, sweat, and tears. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe. <laughs> so maybe shine is their blood, sweat, and tears. I don't know. That would be crazy to peak that early, though. Yeah, that would be a shame. I mean, that would suck. <laughs> that would be really yeah. sad. To be fair, um, to be fair though, blood, sweat, and tears was only three years into BTS's debut, and that was their peak. So, well, only according to us. <laughs> no, I mean they're peak. Some people may obviously, obviously, when it comes to success, they've just kicked, skyrocketed since then. But I mean, in terms of musically, I'm not gonna pretend that Blood Sweat and Tears is not like probably my top BTS group song like, as a seven piece. Yeah, wow, yeah. that is very okay. controversial. Because <laughs> you guys are like, oh, well, I mean, I don't really have it. No, 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 I agree. I so. But I mean, that's one of the few songs that I recognize by them. So I guess I would agree because I feel like that was like 
one of their most successful ones. So. Every time Ash talks, I, I feel like a, a tree just grows over my head and I can just feel the shade. Like, it's <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, I'm, I'm kind of trying to be honest, though, with that, too. I mean, yeah. I feel like I, I come across as, like, not liking BTS, but honestly, I'm very neutral on them, honestly. Yeah. Like, I don't dislike them or like them. They're just are you know kind of for for me i mean i i find them entertaining but yeah i'm not really a stan so yeah i only like three songs so oh which three save me dope blood student tears that's all i need i mean if they come out with a song that's great i'll be like oh that's great i'll listen to it and like whatever but I have to be impressed is kind of the idea. Like, yeah, yeah. That's the thing. I feel like they haven't impressed me yet, really. They haven't released that song. It's just maybe go like, yes, BTS, you know. Uh, I think they did for me. I think that, I honestly think that Love Maze is probably one of their best songs ever. Mm -hmm. It's really impressive because it's just a good song. And I don't feel like, I think it's a great song for a group that has no vocalists. And I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> You're talking um, about me in the shade. It's <laughs> oh man, I'm sorry. Uh, right, BTS. Um, but uh, yeah, buy Pentagon's new album, but only the ones where uh, Edom will be getting royalties. <laughs> yeah, uh, but you know, you said that he wasn't making any money, but he he has to be because he has writing credits on this on this album and on some of their past songs. So Actually, I'm sure that I, I heard something a flimsy check. Flimsy check. <laughs> I, I heard something about like in Korea though, the way they pay songwriters. You know how we have a royalty structure usually? Apparently, songwriters yeah. just get a flat fee. So like all those songs mm-hmm. I guess Joan Kellen wrote for like different artists, they just paid him a flat free fee up front. I don't know how true that is though. Hmm. That was I legend. thought that was the case for like when you rewrite songs. Like, you know how, like, in the second gen, the first gen, they took a lot of, like, Western songs and they rewrote them and redid them. Oh, um, really? So, I think in that case, when you do that, because, like, Minwoo from Shinwa, he wrote, uh-huh. like, uh, like, Jewelry's One More Time. I think it was not One More Time, no. Um, it was one of the Jewelry's, like, huge hit songs. But because it was sort of, like, an interpretation of another song, he didn't uh-huh. get much money from it. Uh-huh. So even though the song blew up, he didn't get money from it. But then I'd seen um, that guy, the rapper guy from Beast or uh-huh. whatever they're calling themselves now on um, one on Happy Together. And he was talking about how, you know, some months, like if the song is really hot, he can like buy enough to like he gets enough royalties to like buy or rent a car for a month or something like that. But if then some months he doesn't really even get money to like buy lunch. So I think it really depends wow. on on like how many people are streaming it and buying it and things like that. Wow. Um, but you can be really rich like for because I mean like a lot of these like brave sound these 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 producers slash writers and things like that. I mean like that's how they make their living, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean there's one thing we can say for sure. Mary J. Blige is prospering. So, <laughs> just 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 musically. I mean, her her taste in men has never been. Oh, uh, and as an actress, best. yeah, she's doing so well as an actress. So. I really like Mary. Mary's the auntie oh, that I never had. 
I don't have any aunties, so. Aww. Aww. Wow. Aww. <laughs> 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 but moved. I will say mm-hmm. that Mary's second album, um, My Life, that mm-hmm. is the album. The, yeah. like, if you need to get into your feelings about anything, you just play that album. Mary's albums, her albums just are like, anything she does, honestly, it just gives you the feeling of struggle. Like, you (laughs) feel like... (laughs) Like, she's been through some stuff. Let her tell you. I love it, though. I love... That's real music right there. Telling you, like, play Happy. Like, Happy is the song. I mean, oh my god. Now, now I actually, like, it's running through my head and I feel like I have to play the song. Let's move on. Let's move on. Now, yeah. Now, now we're getting on non-K-pop music. Okay. Well, you know what else is real music? NCT One Two Seven. That's not a lie. I thought you were gonna lie, but you did it. So I'm happy. Yeah, NCC One Two Seven released their first English song, "Regular," and. Yeah, it came out, and there are a ton of memes on the internet. What are we thinking about their English debut? Um, we watched the MV together. Um, mm-hmm. They performed on Jimmy Kimmel Live. They've yeah. been doing lots of interviews here in the U.S. It looks like SM is trying to make some moves with them. Uh, um, what are our thoughts on that? Well, I have a million thoughts. I knew. Yep. Um, and I'll just go through them, I suppose. Um, so my first thought is I really like the track. I think it's a good song. I think that what helps the song is that it's not dated. And also the references make sense. Like the VVS Diamonds and all that. All of that stuff is like straight out of like modern day, like trap music, basically. Um, or, you know, and then the vibe of the song, it sounds kind of like Cardi B's I Like I like It Like That. As I like it like that, that song. Um, even though that song is a sample of another song. Anyway, point. Um, I think it's very good. Um, and it's a good start. Now, when it comes to what SM's strategy is, that's very interesting to me because some of the moves they make, I get it. It makes sense. Like having them on Kimmel was a great decision. They perform very well on Kimmel. Every time NCT performs, they just do a great job. I think um, they need to work a little bit more on their stage presence, but in terms of like actually just being good performers, solid performers, they can all sing live, even though they don't have a reputation for it. They still can is the point. Um, and they can all dance very well and have a lot of energy. Um, what I don't get is having them walk a red carpet. I, I don't get that. Um, and I've heard a lot of people say things like they feel like this push is contrived. It's not organic. And I think the problem is why people think that it's, we talk, you know, touched on this earlier. It's because NCT doesn't have the fan base to make it organic. So their studio has to do stuff for them. The label has to do this type of thing and, you know, get them hooked up with artists like DJ Khaled and stuff like that. But I do think that SM strategy is the right strategy. If you're going to debut in America, why not debut with an English song? 
if you're going to debut in America, why not, you know, link up with artists that are currently relevant? You know what I mean? Like, why not link up? Why, why not, you know, do things that are trending and popular um, instead of, you know, other strategies that I feel like I've seen before that are, are not, you know, sustainable. And I think we, when we talk about boy bands, I know we kind of had this conversation a few episodes ago with Jay, we we're talking about, well, you know, BTS is not going to be long lasting anyway, because they're, you know, basically a boy band. And I just don't feel like that has to be true. And we talked about, you know, oh, people, the only reason why people listen to NSYNC today or whatever is because of nostalgia, which I agree for NSYNC, because NSYNC to me, I, I, that was not my way. I didn't grow up in it for, with NSYNC anyway, but their music is not for me. But there are boy bands who are not just a gimmick. They're not just here for teenage girls. I think that they, and not saying that that's a problem, um, I do think that they can have longevity. Um, and I think it's possible in America, even for boy bands, I think it's popular because I think, you know, girl bands too. Look at Destiny's Child. Destiny's Child, there was never a point where I thought anyone thought Destiny's Child was corny or played out. There's still to this day, people want Destiny Child to reunite. So I think that it's possible that you can have longevity, especially in NCT's case, where you have English speaking members, you have people who are from North America, um, they can have longevity in the United States. And I think that's the kind of approach they want to go for. They're not going for like the temporary social media hype. They're, I think they want to go for something that they can have a small but dedicated fan base here. And I think that that makes sense. Um, and other people might disagree. Other people might think it's impossible. But I don't know. To me, it makes sense. Is it a little forced? Right now it is. But they have the talent, the looks, the music, all of that good stuff to ultimately, I think, make it work, especially when SM starts to back off a little bit more. Because we, as we've seen in the past with Shiny and Suju, um, SM tends to back off once you become more established. Um and then the groups are a little bit more free to do and say what they want, unfortunately, in Suja's case. But, um, yeah, that's what I think. What do you guys think? Nat? Um, yeah, I think pros. NCT, what I like about NCT is that they're always on trend or ahead of the trend. So... Like, in comparison to what a lot of the other boy groups, especially the rap-based um, boy bands are dropping, I would say NCT is definitely on on trend, and it's not forced, it's not, like, corny, it's not um, sort of like an interpretation. Like, what they dropped with regular is something that I would expect to hear on, like, a rap or hip-hop or you know urban radio here you know so i will give them that um i mean it's not music that i go for in general so for me i don't think that it's something that would be for me in that same way because i don't really listen to a lot of modern rap as it is now because i mean i just i grew up I think when the content was a little bit better so for <laughs> me it's a little bit different but if this played in the club and I had like a couple of beers, yes, that would be something that I would probably start dancing to. I'm not gonna lie. Because it is a it is a turn up song. Like you can't say that it's not. I don't 
I think if you said that, you'd probably be a hater in that way. <laughs> um, but I see it's really hard to talk about longevity and and especially with a lot of the groups mentioned because like like use the NSYNC and you use Destiny's Child. Destiny's Child is still out here sort of collaborating and doing things together. So it's easier for people to want that. NSYNC hasn't had a studio album since like what 2001. Right. And their music was really dated. So for them, for people who are fans of NSYNC like myself, we're fans of stuff that they like dated music in a sense like pop music in the late 90s early 2000s um in in k-pop's sort of sphere groups it's really hard for a group to have longevity on the mainstream because i personally think it has to do with korea's obsession with youth huh but i mean because I feel like a lot of times the things that they like, the things that they give a chance to are younger groups, especially girls, um, girl groups. And nothing changes with a lot of these groups when they get older. I mean, if anything, they get better at performing. They get better at their stage presence. They get better at singing live and things like that. But what's different is how they look. Case in point, Kara. Kara was still dropping really good music towards the end of the career, their career, and even before Nicole and um, Jiyoung left. You know, like Pandora, Damage Lady, those are really good songs. And they were literally on par, sometimes even better than some of the stuff they released in the beginning of their career. But it's because they were older, people had already moved on. And their fan base had grown up. So some of them had fallen off of K-pop in that same way. And so it's kind of hard to talk about longevity like in Korea because you could have groups like Super Junior, who I personally are pretty much just running on fan fumes at this point. <laughs> um, and that's why and that's why they, they, they're a Latin group now, because they needed to go to a whole new market to pick up new new fans. Like I, I personally think that is the reason. Like I no shade to I mean shade to some of the members because they're trash. But right. like <laughs> no shade to like the fandom and things like that, like in that same way, because but they're not young anymore. Yeah. People who like them have already moved on to Shiny, have already moved on to EXO, are maybe dabbling into NCT now because they like youth. And then you have like someone like Shinwa. Shinwa, like, here's the thing. Shinwa is still very much running on fan fumes at the same time. But the reason that a lot of people still gravitate towards them who like people who are not considered fans in the same way is that they do change their music yeah. like one thing i have to say about shinwa venus is different from this love is different from um snipers different from love me like this like like kiss me like that it's different from um shoot the song they dropped last year um um i can't remember the name of it but like the none of these singles are exactly the same so like you'll have people in who are not the people who don't really like to say they like band, like K-pop music and stuff like that, who will gravitate to some of their songs because it's radio friendly, because they like it. But then they'll like shun some of the other songs, because, mm -hmm. <laughs> like Touch, which is very polarizing. So it's, it's one of those like really loaded sort of, like questions in terms of like longevity in something that's so youth oriented 
because you have groups who are doing the same things from beginning to end like big Ben, big bang you have groups that you know are experimental like shinwa and then you have groups like suju who have a huge fan base around the world and pretty much can do the hell they want because most of these fans are still gonna like support them and whatever but who are now a latin pop group you know it's like it's it's really strange because these are things that we wouldn't have been able to talk about 10 years ago yeah in k-pop and that's why that's why it's still so hard to define because everything is so new it's it's still a young sort of genre Mm -hmm. so it's kind of hard to like yeah sort of pinpoint why this is going on and why this is like this i mean especially in as i said because it's such a youth-based industry it's just yeah i I, it's so long that was so long winning and i didn't really have a point i feel but like (laughs) this part yeah i like it i i actually really enjoyed that sort of topic so maybe that's something that we can maybe expand on like yeah you know in a future episode or whatever but like that is definitely something that I'm going to, I am keeping my eye on and sort of like wanting to see like how these groups last, especially in like another five or 10 years. Yeah. I mean, I guess when I, when I mention longevity, it's not that I'm predicting longevity for any of these groups. It's just that I think that anyone has the potential for longevity if you give the certain, the right market conditions and everything, because I think one thing that I kind of go back to this, and I know this is like a once in a billion kind of situation, literally, but I always go back to the Michael Jackson situation. He happened to release, because a lot of people don't know this, but Michael Jackson had like three albums before he released Off the Wall, which was his sort of breakout album. None of those albums did like trash bag platinum. Like they did, they like, they did 15 times trash bag. But but then, like he, and it's not because it was bad music. I think the market wasn't really ready for what he was trying to do. But then when he released Off the Wall, the world literally exploded for him. And then Thriller, I mean, that changed people's lives. There were people who were like literally harming themselves when he died because they were so affected by the music that he created and sort of the impact that he had. And I think that no one coming up in the sixties and the fifties would have ever thought that music like what he did with Thriller would have popped off. Like, oh, a black man doing a song like Beat It? What? <laughs> like, like that's unheard of. Like that don't even make sense. They, they wouldn't have thought, especially in the seventies when disco was like sort of the wave, no one really would have thought that anything that happened on Thriller would have popped off, but it did. And so I'm saying like, not in terms of predicting, but in terms of, I don't like it when people say stuff like, you know, oh, K-pop is just this, it's just that. Because I feel like what people fail to realize, K-pop is just pop with Korean, Korean lyrics. And so it almost goes back into that whole age old question is regular a K-pop track or is it just a pop track? <laughs> because mm. it's not even in Korean and it's not even sung by Koreans. It's sung by like, there's like a Japanese guy in the group. There's a Chinese guy. So it's like, what is going, like, what do we consider this? Um, I hmm. would still consider it K-pop because it was created with Gene of K-pop. With who? Like the, the machine that is K-pop, like SM and they're, you know, they're writing camps. They give the songs to the boys, they train them. Um, there's still a lot of dancing in the but music then, video. But then the K-pop, but then that goes into the conversation of 
it, are we considering K-pop a genre or a culture at that point? Because a genre of music, if you ask me what the genre of that song was, I would tell you like hip hop pop. But if you ask me, okay, the culture surrounding the song, of course it's K-pop because of the whole, like you said, the machine. So I, I like that kind of idea that K-pop is both a culture and a genre. And that sometimes you can belong to the genre and not the culture or vice versa. Like, oh I my think, gosh. What? That re- <laughs> no, I was just thinking because that reminds me of the whole like argument that is surrounds armies and BTS with them saying that BTS is beyond K-pop at this point. And that's like a huge argument because of their international fame. So they're, that's you know, stupid, some though. of them don't like, they don't even want to, um, like even want to consider them k-pop at this point mm-hmm. and or like they have fans they have fans of bts they're like oh i don't listen to k-pop but i like bts you know sort of thing and so like it's almost like people are having an identity crisis like yeah in, in like armies and stuff because they're like well is it k-pop is it bad for them to be k-pop is well if we call it it's not k-pop will that help them you know sort of thing See. it's like I feel like what it is is they. I mean, if we if we if we're just gonna be blunt about it, they they stigmatize the word K-pop because it has a lot of connotations with the when you think of quote unquote the type of people that like K-pop. I'm not saying that like in my point of view, but the stereotypical way. I think that it's really they don't want to attach BTS to. They, I feel like they feel like they're limiting BTS or something, and it's like no, like BTS is K-pop. I'm sorry, but they've never released a song that wasn't fully Korean. I don't think have they had an English song or besides their Japanese releases, which is I different. I don't think so. I don't think so. So it's like, and BTS literally said, like in an interview, I want to say it was a couple of days ago. They were like, when we released Idol, we were trying to remind people that we're K-pop and that that is what we are. And I think that that's the one admirable thing about that song. The one redeeming quality is that they're like yeah we're k-pop and and there's all I, I don't know i just think there's a stigma around the idea that something is k-pop that it's like the like- stigma sorry to interrupt uh but it, it kind of reminds me of the stigma around pop music in general yeah pop yeah like pop has always really been hard to define because it's like popular music well you know different types of music can be popular at the same time right right so and and I think a lot of like a young person sort of genre. And that's why like you'll, I, I personally believe that's why the whole adult contemporary category came about. Cause like a lot of the music on the adult contemporary like charts are just pop music. But pop music sung by a 40 for older, old. Exactly, exactly. Or Shawn Mendes. Cause I think he does really well there. But <laughs> it's, <laughs> but like, it's really strange to me, like, how people, like, I mean, I've always been huge about pop. I don't give crap. I'll be, like, 80 and still listening to pop music. I love pop music. It makes me happy, and that's all that matters to me. Um, and, I mean, sometimes it's deep, sometimes it's not. It's, like, any genre of music for me personally. But I can see why, you know, the whole culture versus um, genre thing, because pop music has kind of been like that, too, you know, like, yeah at a time when certain things are popular and some certain things are popping certain styles are popping that's pop music but you know like years 10 years later it's different so i think that's what sort of contributes to it in the same way um but specifically for k-pop like i can only speak for myself when i talk about 
what I consider to be K-pop. And I always consider sort of anything created by the machinery of K-pop, like agencies, auditions, putting groups together, training, all that stuff. I always consider that in is K-pop. So like so what do you think about that that doctoral student who created a white K-pop group? Do you consider that real K-pop? Um I wouldn't hmm. You see what I'm see, saying? I think because it was created in with the machine, I can see why some people would consider it to be K-pop, but mm-hmm. it wasn't created in the machine to be a successful group in the long run. It was created for an experiment, right? And it technically what? wasn't created in the machine, right? It was this girl who... It was an intention, yeah. Like, it, the intentions together. of that were not to be in the K-pop market for 10 years, get rich, you know, True, like... but after that, didn't they decide they wanted to be a real K-pop group? Kind of deviating from the point here, but... Yeah, they do yeah. still, like, yeah, they're still trying it. I think not all of them... Trying is the right word. Yeah. I think but not you know all what? of the... oh i was just gonna say like koreans love you know like white people so you know (laughs) personally i think that if they want that (laughs) personally in that way in that case then sure they're k-pop let them let them live let them thrive honestly i fully support the antics of white people in korea me too I, mean, I absolutely get your do coins. Well. Get your coins. <laughs> the shade. It's not coming out of my pocket, so I don't care. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> okay, so moving the discussion kind of in another direction. So, Jimin, you mentioned way earlier about SM and how they've tried these tactics before with NCT with promoting other people. So, I'm thinking like Boa and Girls Generation and all these groups that have also tried to have little um, stints stateside. Um, But I think it's interesting to look at, you know, with BTS and NCT and everything, you've got some people that are already kind of rewriting history as far as who actually helped start the how you wave and i feel like that changes every few years you know um you know for a while it was you know um rain that helped start the how you wave then it was um big bang then you know oh 21 is part of the how you wave and i feel like you know i don't know if it's just you know people forgetting because it's in the past but i feel like especially groups like wonder girls who you know i think you know, they were the first to chart on the one on the um, Billboard 100. Um, they had the tour where they opened for the Jonas Brothers. They had their little Nickelodeon TV movie thing. I mean, whatever you want to say about the outcome of them being in the States, which obviously was not successful, but they still did it. And, you know, still showed that it was possible to make a little bit of headway. And, you know, with the amount of support and that they had, which wasn't a whole lot at the time, but you know, people could see that 
there is some possibility in that. And it's kind of, I don't know, I'm impressed as, as a Wonder Girls fan, I guess, because, you know, you hear people talking about, well, you know, SM is the trend and SM started, da, 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 and I'm like, really? I'm like, really, SM, you know, because to me, it seems like SM follows the trend. You know, I feel like they, I mean, not that there's anything wrong with that, but, you know, SM, you know, after, you know, one group comes out, then SM is already bringing their groups out there and testing the waters, which again, I don't, not there's anything wrong with that. That's just, you know, business tactics, business sense. But, you know, I just, I'm, I'm not here for the rewriting of, of, of history, if that makes, if that makes sense. Um, but what do we feel about that as far as, you know, looking at who has made, you know, who has opened doors for whom? You know, what do we, do we have any feeling, do we care? I mean, is it, or do we care, like, who's given credit for for what? I mean, I have a lot of feelings. I've been having a lot of feelings a lot this episode, but... <laughs> In turn, the the trend is lately is to say that uh, basically BTS reach heights that no other K-pop group has, and therefore they open the door for groups like NCT or whatever to create an English album. And I've actually seen people who react to BTS on YouTube who are huge BTS reactors and like have a cult following of their own just because they react to BTS. They say these kind of things, they perpetuate this, and they talk about you know, oh, BTS has such a high impact on Korea. And, and, and it goes back into that whole thing a couple weeks ago where I guess the Korean politician or whatever that person did for Korea was like, well, we might introduce a bill for BTS to be exempted from their, uh, their service in the army. And a lot of armies are like, well, you know, they should be because they technically are like benefiting Korea in other ways and particularly in tourism, blah, blah, blah. And that's just BS. That's just really smoke and mirrors. Uh, last time I checked, uh, Big Hit's revenue, like the highest revenue they ever reached was under $100 million. Under one. To give you some perspective, SM makes almost $400 million a year. Like, <laughs> like I, I don't understand why people are making it seem like BTS makes so much more money than these other groups. EXO is making still the same amount of money as BTS. Let's be real. They are. They just are. Um you had and then and then let's not even get to, get into the like second gen groups that are still touring to this day making hundreds of millions of dollars just because you don't hear their name in every article like BTS doesn't mean they're not impactful and doesn't mean that if you ask me a lot of the Korea boos that go to Korea today are because of Shiny and TVXQ and like Big Bang. <laughs> like the Korea boos are going for because they started that wave. It's not B BTS didn't start that wave, guys. Like it's not something new with BTS. Um, and I, I just think it's I mean, it's just really ridiculous. Um, this just because and they say, you know, oh, BTS is going to the United Nations and, and they're getting invited to the Grammy Museum, guys, the Grammy Museum. I'm like, well, I used to go to the Grammy Museum all the time. Like, <laughs> you can literally just go there. It's a museum. <laughs> like, like you, it, it, there's no, you don't have to be like anybody special. Um, 
And I get that they are doing great things, and I'm not trying to diminish that. I really, I've said this time and time again, what the, what they are doing, they should be really proud of themselves. They are the biggest group in Korea right now for a reason, but that doesn't mean they were always the biggest group, and that doesn't mean that their heights are any better than Wonder Girls for being the first group to chart. Like, stuff like that, to me, setting a precedent is more important than carrying the torch in, some, in many ways. Um, I just feel like, for example... I mean, you could compare that to anything, really. I don't know. I just think it's ridiculous, particularly in the case of BTS, to, to make it seem like they are just the end-all, be-all, and that if it wasn't for BTS, you know, yeah, Big Bang. I've actually seen people say stuff like, yeah, Big Bang are big in Korea, but they're not big across the world like BTS. And I'm like, I don't know, sis. I don't know about the concerts they had in the U.S. as well. I mean, right? Are we just gonna erase that whole portion of Big Bang's career where, like, basically, or just erase even the now where they have so many fans all over the world? And I think it speaks volumes that BTS isn't isn't the biggest group in Korea. They still aren't. Like, if you ask Koreans, like. Or if you, you know, read what netizens are saying or whatever, it's almost like they're very shocked at how well BTS is doing versus being like, oh, I love BTS and I can see why. The only people that are saying that are armies. Because even if you look at the general public, you know, outside of Korea, nobody's really checking for BTS like their fans are. Like, I think their fans really overrate how interested people are and they go well bts sold two million albums yeah because all of y'all bought like three albums <laughs> like, like of course it's not because every average joe in america is interested and i'm sorry but that's the truth it's a hard p- pickle to swallow is that what people say pickle pill it's a hard <laughs> pill to swallow <laughs> but it's the truth um and i say that as somebody who actively likes uh one seventh of BTS. It actively <laughs> likes. Um, I can't think of any songs right now, but there are some songs by BTS that I like. Um, but I just think that it's just ridiculous to build them up to this level that they can never really like accomplish. And it's also ridiculous to compare them to their predecessors, who were the people that actually opened the doors. Because if it wasn't for your Wonder Girls, if it wasn't for your Big Bang, if it wasn't for I mean, going even further back, your Rain and your Boa, and and all these people who really and even, honestly, we can thank YG. I mean, not really, because we were really thanking Saltaji, but we can thank YG to some extent. And, And JYP, uh, Lee Suman didn't really do anything. He just kind of got rich. I mean, <laughs> but we can really thank, you know, these CEOs um, who, or, you know, chairman or whatever they do now, who were part of the original, you know, K-pop wave that was basically when all of the groups were cosplaying New Edition. Like, I think it's just sad that people really are downplaying the accomplishments of people who have come before BTS to pretend like just because they got successful in America that it somehow makes it better than any other accomplishment by any other K-pop artist. And you know what I think is ironic is if we're talking about predecessors and people that have opened the door. So we have a lot of that today. I feel like I see a lot of 
interviews and stuff with uh, Nugu groups and um, smaller uh, Korean uh, K-pop groups. And they're, you know, always a lot of them are asked about BTS and they're like, yeah, it's the seniors. And, you know, we're really proud of them and, you know, proud for what they've done for K-pop and da, da, da. So if BTS is kind of the standard and you've got someone like NCT 127, who is arguably following in their footsteps, mm-hmm. then, but at the same time now, instead of encouraging this, we've got people that are upset about the fact that NCT is coming after BTS and is mm-hmm. making waves in the US and people saying that they don't deserve it and they're just copying them. I mean, isn't, I mean, isn't, I mean, I, am I the only one that sees the irony in that the BTS, you know, themselves is basically acting as the predecessor here and the fans are getting upset over, you know, another group basically taking their their lead and trying to replicate a little bit of the success that they've had. I mean, I just... I mean, it's definitely ironic, I think. I think I'm just trying to understand armies where there's no understanding. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's hard to understand delusion um and it's hard to understand people who aren't rational and people i guess that's the same thing as do i'm using a lot of synonyms for the same word basically um it's just hard to really get it's like what do what do armies really want is i guess is my point it's like world domination that's that's got to be what it is because you talk about how BTS is setting the standard and da-da-da-da, but then when somebody quote-unquote follows their footsteps, you have a problem. So what was the point in BTS opening, the, opening that door if they're going to just close it right after they pass through? It's about BTS, BTS, BTS. Sort of like um, the Brady Bunch. <laughs> you know, Mark. <laughs> like, I feel like that's kind of the idea there. But it's... It's really sad, I think, that, you know, these achievements, because they are achievements. I mean, we can't sit here, like, as much as, you know, we talk about, like, the music and the fan base and whatever, what they're doing, no one else has done before. And that deserves to be applauded, you know, Mm -hmm. that deserves the attention that it's getting. Mm -hmm. But on the flip side, every every time, every generation is going to... a little bit farther that's sort of like the way things work that's called evolution that happens with everything not just music so first gen really just put the idea in these ceos these the money bags hand uh, heads sorry that this works this is something worth investing in second gen is really where it sort of started to blow up outside of korea because i would say first generation was more in korea it was mm-hmm. like, oh, people really like this. Let's like, you know, like HOT, Finkel, SES, you know, these groups. In Korea, that's where they sort of shot, they they sort of made their statement that, you know, this was something that was worth putting money into, worth investing into. That's why all these agencies started, you know,
idea and the whole term I think Kailu came from Chinese and it was to describe like these Korean artists and that's where it's sort of um the Hailu wave in, and not just in music I think in dramas too at that time like everything sort of like became m- more than just a national pastime like that's when not more not really the west in europe but just other parts of asia sort of started um, yeah second generation is where um it sort of went outside of korea and it became more of an asian domination kind of thing mm-hmm. and so then we have in the second generation because groups were starting to sort of like expand into other asian markets that's why i think in that way that's why we didn't really see a lot of us push and the us push that we did see was lackluster because mm-hmm. i think that they were following the money and the money was china and japan yeah so those are the places that they went and they didn't really have to change much in the music to sort of pop off in those places yeah i mean like kara kara like okay we want to talk about people groups or underrated groups what kara was doing in japan no other girl group was doing in japan they were doing stadium tours like they they like even now like as solo artists they're still doing extremely well in japan um and not not every group that goes to japan is making money or is successful so i mean that is a yeah i mean they were pretty much the top like we want to talk about how wonder girls you know like did remarkable things in the u.s all on the merit of the music because their fan base is very small and it's still very small to this day but what they were able to do in this was remarkable what was able to do in japan was remarkable what tvxq was able to do right now in japan is remarkable Mm -hmm. like it's it's okay to say that your group is doing well and your group is, you know, has all the accolades and they're doing things that no one else is doing. But, I mean, it's also okay to be like, well, the things that there's these other things that other groups are doing and that other groups have done. And that's okay, too. You know, like, it's just kind of crazy to me that you would be upset that, you know, you're saying these other groups are copying you, but also you want to brag that standards you're you're pretty much like the reason k-pop exists is because of bts apparently you know from from half of the armies and the other half of the armies are like what's k-pop we don't listen to k-pop we don't <laughs> i know to BTS. that's so, so funny really it's it's frustrating for other fandoms and i can see why a lot of people have the pushback against bts that they have right now because we just want to enjoy the things that we enjoy right it's Meanwhile, not always about awards and record sales. Right. It really isn't. Who said that? Who? God 7 just said that. And you know what? God 7 yeah. out of every group is the group to say that. Because God <laughs> <Yeah>. 7 never... <laughs> it's so weird how, how they're like... I've never seen a group that's like more famous but not famous. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, that's a good word. Yeah. 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 I would say, you know what though? 2PM was kind of like that too though. Yeah, like, they were. They were famous. A really big height. A bit, really big. Mm, I think they were famous, but not really famous. Like they do well. They make uh-huh. a lot of money tours. They, you know, they sell pretty okay album wise. I, th- uh-huh. I think GOT7 does better with album sales than they do now. Uh-huh. Um, like even at their height. But 
I feel like JYP's like that though. Like the groups do very well, but also like not they're not <laughs> the like time. what people yeah, they're not really like besides twice, obviously, who's yeah, like twice is paying for their buildings now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's it's crazy with like with the way YG Big Hit and SM like their focus. Cause I feel like the reason that SME hasn't popped off to this like to this day is because their first and their first and foremost uh, motivation is money. So really thinking organically, they're thinking about what the stockholders want and like what is going to bring us the more, most money. And so that's why I think their focus is still heavily on the Japanese market. Uh-huh. And that's why like TVXQ, I mean, like they're, they, they just like set a record for like the largest attendance for any dome tour or whatever in Japan. Mm-hmm. And I mean, did you see their, like in terms of concerts, it blows everyone away. And it's just pretty much from touring in Japan. So yeah. yeah. Um, and the crazy thing that you just really quickly about uh, SM, how you talk about how they're like business first, clearly it's working because uh, YG has the exact opposite strategy and he's, <laughs> he's nowhere to be found in the stock market. <laughs> I don't even think YG stock is is worth my the soles of my shoes anymore. <laughs> YG stocks, boy. If I'm investing in YG, I'm taking my talents to uh elsewhere to Miami. I'm not doing this no more. I'm tired of losing. I want to win sometimes. Well, you know, when you put everybody in the basement and you only have one comeback a year if even that for like <laughs> your hottest property which is actually blackpink i know a lot of people talk about icon and winner but blackpink like their album no, is still is. on the world charts it's still yeah. in the top five on the world charts see they're still like in terms and charting with ddd or whatever so like they're still doing incredibly well for well, you know the, the salts yeah it took us five years to record this song is that supposed to make it better? Cause sis, I, I don't understand. <laughs> Sorry. I think I think the common consensus is that Blackpink doesn't come back enough, and Twice comes back too much. Yeah. Yep. And <laughs> in that regard, but yeah, I don't know. Like, it's really like okay, love what you love, but please respect the fact that you know you bts didn't start from the ground and you know sort of like built the house that cop lives in like the foundation was already there the roof was already there like you had plumbing like but you know they're taking advantage of of k-pop as it was when they got into the industry but you know armies like like to say (laughs) they came from a nugu company uh, all the while, not really considering the fact that technically Big Hit is like a spinoff of JYP. And I'm yes. pretty sure Big Hit was funded in part by JYP because even a lot of their projects they did, like, um, they were like co-projects done with, I think, 2PM. Like, they were technically Big Hit and JYP or something like that at one point in time. It was a very long time ago, of course. And then, like, even their other groups like Glam and stuff like that, they were co-done with other... Co- like, it wasn't like Big Hit was just nobody. Like, no. whoever Golden Child's company is. <laughs> like, it was, it was <laughs> that bad. Oh, yeah. Like, you know what? Honestly, Cube was like that, though. I'm pretty sure Cube used to be a former manager or executive or something like that at JYP. And that's, like, where they got the, the connections and the know-how and things like that to form their own company. 
Um, JRP doesn't care about competition, clearly. Yeah, at all. And, and I mean, <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so that's why, you know, companies like Cube and Big Hit are able to sort of prosper in that way because they already have the connections coming in. They probably have funding help as well as you mentioned. Right. So it's not like, like Girls Day's group, like agency. Like, I can't even remember the name of the company. But like they're definitely not. They're they, definitely, yeah, they're new. definitely <laughs> new Google Nation. Like exactly. And, and when we wonders. say, and when we say BTS is new Google, or was like, well, I still was, say it is. But, but when yeah. we say BTS was new Google, I really don't think of it in terms of their company. I think of it in terms of the fact that literally, like, for example, God Seven is new Google to me. In certain context, really. In okay. certain contexts, yeah, definitely. I like God Seven a lot, so um, definitely overall, I don't think they're new Google, but like, I don't know, like, it would be a shock to the Korean public if God Seven suddenly like was BTS status. Like, that's what I mean more in terms of like the way they're viewed. Um, but I don't want to get into the nuances of the word new Google, but um, <laughs> well, because like I pretty four much years call old. new Google if I don't know who you are. So yeah, that, but God, so I mean that's actually pretty. I've been around for a long time, to be honest. I know, but like, like, BTS is older than them, no? As a group, yeah, yep, BTS is older than them. The crazy thing uh-huh. is, that I think they uh, all train together though, because B, uh, BTS would train with JYP. Okay, and, yeah, Jungkook then. is really close friends with like almost all of GOT 7s uh, Maknae line. So, which I guess is two people. Oh, okay. I didn't want to say it like that, but. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. It's like they did, BTS did face a huge uh, disadvantage, but it's not like, it's not like they're to the point where like Mad Town or like other oh. Boys 24, I don't know, I'm making up names. <laughs> History. <laughs> No, the boys, like, these are Nugu. Nugu. Sure. Like, these are people yeah. who, they literally, in order to keep their company open, they have to mop floors and do dishes. BTS yeah. did not have to do that at Big Hit. No. No, and they didn't start, like, okay, they they were, like, the, the start of the company in some ways, but from what I'm hearing, they had, like, they went to the States and they had, like, a reality show and things like that, so they clearly had money going into Right. This. You're not it just wasn't trying like to make her break for a month and not have money. Exactly. Exactly. So I mean it so yeah, I would say like not Nugu, but also not really established. BTS was got seven before Got Seven was Got Seven. <laughs> How about that? I am still shocked that Got Seven was created in 2014. Yeah, yeah they it seem seems much like it's a lot longer. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Really. That's the same year as 17, I think. And even to... It's really? Because, yeah, because it's, it's funny because even to 17, like, I really... It's weird because they write that new line very close for me. Sometimes. So 17 debuted in 2015, which is a year after GOT7. Oh. Which means that they, they debuted in the same year as Icon, though. Icon See, Icon feels newer. I oh, yeah. Well, I mean, they were also in Japan, like, shuttled off to Japan for a really long time. Yeah. 
Wait, what I, were we talking about? We were talking about the disrespect <laughs> that Army puts on Rain's name. Honestly, yes. I don't know how Rain got famous because I don't think he can sing well. His dancing is just okay. <laughs> I really don't know. I think Korea was just smoking crack, like as a country. I think okay, that they were like don't leave this in, but thirsty. He was they were the first for like an usher. Star. Yeah, they had that kind of like they wanted an usher without usher talent. Yeah, sex appeal sort of thing, and Rain was there. Hey, you know what? Rainism is still a bop. It I is. do like I like the dance to Rainism. Rainism is still a bop. And actually, you know what? The best present that he dropped, I think last year or whatever, was pretty good too. So I mean, I can sort of get it. I guess because we had Usher. Yeah. We didn't really need <laughs> we had a real like Rain. Usher. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. We have so many R and B dudes that can do what Rain does just exactly. as well, if not better. So But they only really had him in seven, so I guess Aww. in that way, but like, yeah. <laughs> I feel really bad for Korea. I and, and I mean that like genuinely in terms of like their history, their recent history as a country. Like the last hundred years for Korea have been very, very like they literally went from being what China was. If if anybody knows, like China is just very many parts of China are not what you see on TV. It's not like Shanghai, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like oh, yeah. very, very, very backwards. Um, and it went from being that to literally being Tokyo, like modern day Tokyo overnight. Like I it's crazy how fast Korea modernized, but they're but the as a whole, the culture still is at that same mindset as it was a hundred years ago. Like patriarchal society, men putting cameras in women's bathrooms like this you know very colorism i mean very colorism i don't know what i was trying to say but the colorism and the F, the xenophobia like it's crazy how that is so prevalent in a country that is as modernized as korea well i would say that that's probably still a problem over here too <laughs> I think that's yeah. true, it's, it's, a, it's a different level. I think um, America I, yeah. keeps it hidden. How about that? Yeah, we like, try to repress I, it when and then, then it comes out in other ways, like school. I shows. think our diversity helps too. Like yeah. the fact that yeah. we we don't pride ourselves on being a one race state, you know, like really does help <laughs> with the yeah. xenophobia and the racism. Yeah. Because you do have people who can still make it out here, whereas in those countries it's like you know, they still make jokes. Like, you have 12-year-old girl groups who still make jokes about members who have darker skin. Like, right. Yeah. And imagine, so. like, imagine if a, if a, and like, let's just say, I don't, I don't know if I can really say it, but let's say, imagine that, um, I don't know if you guys ever saw that performance that, like, a black, it was, like, a group of black girls, and there was some Korean event, and they were in Korea, and they did a cover of Boombaya, and the audience was dead. It was, like, it was the craziest thing I've ever witnessed. Like, the audience was just not into it. And mm. I was just, it was a really good cover. And I was just like, makes sense. Sounds like Korea. It was, and I, and, but then when you had a mediocre group of like white people come out on the stage and they were just like going, losing their minds. And I just was like, I just thought that was interesting, right? Because I don't know. It's like, mm. I don't know. You don't I, have to. I think it's in. it's only a problem when it affects them, because like apparently someone was racist towards Mark. I didn't see the video itself. Mark who? And 
Mark from NCT. What? Um, I don't know. Like, I just saw the Chola Twitter. Uh-huh. They had like an article about it. I didn't actually click on the link, but it was like, oh, is um, it somebody said, upset. Yeah, that he was spoke good English or something. Yeah, Maybe and then I was what? like, but he lived in Canada. What do we speak here if we don't speak English? Somebody that said that he to... spoke good English. Yeah, he does. Is that <laughs> racist? Like, apparently, like they're they're. I, I think they're trying to be on the woke to. So they're trying to say, like, it is, like, offensive to be like, oh, well, your English is very good. Which I can kind of see in an interview. Why would you say something like that? Like, right. Oh, oh yeah. Your English is very good. Like, of course, he can't. He's not, doesn't. That happened to, to I think, what was it, Tiffany or something when S yeah. and SD were here, too. The same thing. Somebody was like, oh, your English is so good. And she's like, I speak English, you dummy. Yeah, like, randomly it's in like, a conversation. like, I was born here. Like, <laughs> but, but like at the same time, I've I've had people tell me, "Oh, your your Spanish is so good, or your Italian is so good," and I just I didn't see it. It didn't come off to me like they were saying it's good for like you know because I don't expect you to have any sort of education. Like it's just not common, I think, to meet a person who is coming from Korea. Obviously, he was born in America, but that a lot of people don't know that. Like. I think, obviously, if it would just happen in an interview randomly, that's weird and that's stupid. But I think that if it was just like they were having a conversation and Mark is like, oh, yeah, you know, we, we just came back from Korea. We're doing this. I can see why a person will go, wow, you're a Korean group and you're coming from Korea and nobody else in your group speaks English as well as you. I don't know. Like, I can still see how it could be an insensitive thing to say. Just from the perspective of someone that is Asian, for them to be like, you, oh, you expect me to not be able to speak English. I mean, I can see, I, no, I don't think, I don't think the fans are looking at it from that. I think the fans are just kind of looking for a reason to revolt, but I can see how it could be insensitive. That's true. I agree. I, I think that when it comes to Mark particularly, because first and foremost, I do know he's from America, but also his he's accent from, uh, sounds Vancouver. Very... He's, uh, he's from Vancouver. I think he was born in New York and then he lived in Vancouver. Nope. Born and born in Vancouver. And then he lived in New York? Maybe afterwards for a bit, but he's definitely born in he said that he was from New York. So that's weird. Um He lived in New York, Toronto, Vancouver, and Seoul. Makes sense. Um yes. In Mark's case, his accent is very like North American. I would have just assumed he was Asian American because he is. But yeah. also, like, just if you, you can tell when somebody's accent is for because they're native and when they're not. I mean, and it doesn't, it doesn't matter what language you're speaking. Like, when I speak Spanish, it doesn't sound like somebody who is speaks, you know, from Spain. <laughs> like, obviously, it's going to have an American accent to it. So, well, that's the thing about being a native. Like, you, you could be proficient in a language, but you still won't be a native speaker as good as the native speaker because it's not your first tongue. Right. So there's always yeah. going to be like a difference in that way. I would say with this circumstance, because she was, she was interviewing them. Her job is to know things about these members and these right. groups. So I think in that case, it shows that it shows that a lot, a lot that they want them there for the attention, for the media exposure. Cause I mean, like, it's a two-way street. Like NCT's getting something, and these these companies and these are 
whatever they're getting something as well too they're getting the attention the k-pop attention right oh yeah i totally agree yeah so i think in that sense do your research i mean i know yeah i know there are a lot of groups there are a lot of members it can be kind of confusing but i mean literally not every member there is going to speak english and i'm pretty sure they did an introduction at first for her to kind of be like oh your english is really good it's like okay well i mean we've been speaking english for like 10 minutes and yeah that's stupid we're in an yeah. interview and your job is to sort of know things about us yeah see that's, i didn't that's not right i guess i just did not hear about this story so i didn't understand the context yeah. was you know 10 minutes yeah. into an interview where he's been speaking english the whole time I was looking at it more so, for example, when Lupita Yongo went over to do her press tour in Korea, they're like, oh my God, your Korean is like very, like, I, I could see yeah. why they would say that. That makes sense to me. Like, yeah. because it was it good for her to not, I can understand that. But in this particular situation, I could see how that would be insensitive, especially, like you said, they are supposed to know. And and that is annoying because I've seen other interviews recently with NCT where people go, oh yeah, the album is so good. When does it come out? what <laughs> like you are you serious <laughs> yeah it you clearly you have asked this and it's very right. crazy because i've seen some tiffany interviews lately that are so good like yeah. people asking her about her vocal her nodes um issue a couple years ago and how she got over them and just like about moving to korea and like having to learn the language so like these are people and these are not even like like et or these big you know like um I guess radio or media companies, you know, like these are like mostly like radio, mostly the YouTubers, you know, kind of people who are interviewing Tiffany and they have done the research. They yeah. are asking a lot of the important questions because they know they're not going to be like, when's the album dropping to NCT after it has already dropped? Like, that's stupid. <laughs> right. And, and, and Get I somebody think, else. I think the more appropriate way that the, the interviewer could have delivered it was she could have, if she didn't know, she could have asked, are you Asian American or are you, were you, exactly. I think that that's perfectly acceptable to be like, were you born exactly. in America? Because that's not a rude question to me. I would get why somebody would ask that, particularly with Mark. He just sounds American. Johnny, they have American, it's not like they have British accents, right? Like they clearly have American accents. So I would definitely, it would, to me that there's much more appropriate ways to go about this. So I agree. Um, with that perspective. I'm going to have to look into that. That's kind of crazy that I didn't hear about that. Yeah, I I randomly just saw it. Like I for the most part, I it's mostly my mutuals that sort of bring information to me. I mean, I'll check out the blogs, you know, the the regular regular places, but usually it's just stuff I see online. I'm like, "Oh, that's interesting." Mhm. Like something I'll mention later when we talk about Suju. Well, that was actually good transition because, yep, that was actually the next thing. <laughs> so, uh, a fan account on Instagram for Momoland's Youngwoo recently posted on, in, well, posted several days ago on Instagram stories that Super Junior's Lee Tuck had DM'd them with Youngwoo thinking that the fan account was her personal account. And literally, it they have the screen cap, and it's got Tuck wants to send you a message, Yanua, and then the fan has oh my OMG, I can't believe crying emoji heart. It's actually kind of sweet. Um, 
And almost instantly after that, people were like, why were you like messaging her? Um, and, <laughs> um, you know, you didn't even have her like correct number. And, you know, we took, you know, got some side eye for, for doing that. So he went to Instagram to clear things up. And he said, I just wanted to send a message of support to a junior who is always working hard in broadcast or this time for the 2018 Asia Song Festival. Crying face. It's my fault. I'm really sorry, Yonwoo. I like to apologize to fans who are surprised by my sudden DM. And then he included the hashtags. I called out, hey, Yonwoo and old person. So Lee Tuck claims that he wasn't trying to do anything um, underhanded here. I mean, he didn't do anything but write Yonwoo up. But at the same time, if... You would think if he knew her before was just sending support, like number one, he would have the right number. And number two, that he would maybe write something a little like more than Young Mua. Um It's been funny seeing the memes anyhow, but Lee Tuck um, on another tip does have a, uh, he does have kind of a, history as far as being kind of um, sleazy. Um, I did read up on a K-pop message board. They were talking about some of the other behaviors Lee Tuck has had. Um, I think one that was not that long ago, there was some sort of hidden camera uh, thing on the variety show where he basically, uh, he was on there with Mina from his girls day. And uh, it was supposed to be, it was, oh, it was a variety show for Japan. And um, apparently they were saying something in Japanese. Lee Tuck claims that he didn't know what was being said, um, but he grabbed Mina's face and kissed her on the lips. And she was obviously like very uncomfortable and she says something later about she had to go home and drink like wine or alcohol after that. But, you know, it just, it came across very like sleazy. And, you know, Lee Tuck was like, well, I just Japanese being said, and I didn't know what was going on. But, you know, obviously it was an invasion of personal space. And, you know, I've, heard rumors that he's you know one of those kind of seniors that tends to like sister said like the, the old seniors the old heads the the guys they prey on the young girls and you just stay out of their way and lee tuck kind of he kind of fits that <laughs> description to me um what did you guys get from the story if anything he was clearly trying to slide in those DMs. Clearly, like I, I mean, <laughs> it's just like, first of all, why are you on Instagram messaging her? That means you probably don't have her phone number, right? That means you guys are probably not friends. You may work together. Like, apparently they emceed something before, but idols have a network 
that they use to contact other idols if they're interested. So many idols have talked about this. So if he had means of getting, you know, of reaching out to her, he could have used it any other way. But he slid into her DMs <laughs> because he thought it was legit. And he had, clearly has a type because he hit on Crystal and he hit on Yuna when they were both underage. Yeah, and that so, was, the, I, was reading, I was like, there's another instance too. Yeah, yeah that was it. And like the, the, the thing about like Yuna was like, he was trying to say it's Yuna's fault because Yuna was like really nervous. And, you know, I guess she wanted a lot of advice. So she would talk to me on the phone. So I thought she was interested. She's still underage. Like, I don't, like, what? And I think what really, really grinds my gear about this whole thing is people who, like, who support Lee, Lee Tuck 1,000% regardless of anything he does because, you know, there will always be fans like that who are like, oh, well, you know, he, he started this depression club because he had depression because, you know, some terrible things had happened, you know, like when he was a child and things like that. Um, or maybe when he was older, but something happened these things happened to his family and you know he was going through things and he needed support so he he started some depression club to help other idols sort of get together and sort of talk about their feelings which is great but it's like you could praise somebody for something and still be like this thing is trash that's nothing thing to is do trash with, yeah that's nothing to do with how exactly. he treats women but that's yeah. the thing right it's kind of like there's a pattern here and it's not just Leetuk. It's a lot of people in this industry. It's in Korea. That's why there's so much pushback for me too. Because if we really, really take a look at all the, the abusual, emotional, whatever that's going on to a lot of these idols. I mean, think about all the people who debut. Think about all the people who don't debut, who are pretty much just pawns for these companies. Um, it's if you shed the light on it, like, it's gonna, I don't think it'll topple anything because people are still gonna be fans 1000%. Look at the guy from, um, uh, what's his name? King Jung from Boys Over Flowers, who had that big story about uh, with his girlfriend and there was abuse and then she tried to blackmail him about something and then um, she had miscarried because he like beat her so bad and like and she had the baby and then there was that whole thing about the paternity um there was that whole thing and he he was like shunned for a bit but he is now working on a drama like yeah he's a drama he's, yeah he's just yeah, i can't remember his name kim jimmy something kim Hong Jun. yeah exactly yeah. exactly so yeah it's 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 frustrating that the things that happen here obviously are for all human beings they're gonna happen there and you just have to have perspective you have to kind of be like no this is not okay do not slide into the dms of a 22 year old new like girl whose focus should be 1000 percent on her career because let's be real mobiland had one good song and they've been milking it since then so it's like <laughs> <laughs> like don't ruin her life by getting her into scandals and things like that, just focus on girls your own age, Lita. You're like 40. <laughs> what like what conversations is this guy gonna have with this girl? Girls your they... own age is such an oxymoron. Oh my god. Like he needs to focus even... on women. 
it's not even just like the, Honestly, let's focus on yourself because obviously yeah but it's <laughs> <laughs> you need some help yeah that's that's really gross only time listen 22 year olds out there only time you need to be dating a four-year-old is a four-year-old. <laughs> never, <laughs> never. <laughs> a 40-year-old. Only time you should be dating a 40-year-old is if he's paying your tuition. Or she is paying your tuition. Hey. That's about it. Tuition is very expensive. Other if than somebody's that, willing to pay for it, just for you to go on a date with them. Sure. <laughs> Honestly, make sure your terms are negotiated so all you have to do is FaceTime them once a week and they'll send you that check. <laughs> you sound there very you knowledgeable about this. Um... Uh... <laughs> 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 no. Um, I think... Okay, guys, let me know if I'm mistaken. I don't like to just throw stuff around. But... Um... This is the same individual who made a comment that is breaking, basically breaking all types of laws, correct? Huh? Wait. I mean, what? in addition to the pedophile or the, the, the interest in underage women, allegedly. Um, allegedly. He allegedly made a comment that also allegedly alluded to alleged... Um, Acts that are illegal, allegedly. Him? I, I don't know about this. This is yeah. new to me. On a variety with, I don't remember who the guy that was on the variety. And they were drinking. And then he made some sort of comment about, let's just say, uh, a comment that Bill Cosby would make. If that helps. I'm trying not to get sued. And also trying, I don't like to just put witch hunts on people, but um, this is, at the same time, I if I'm remembering correctly, this is the same person that made that comment. And if, if I'm remembering correctly, I don't care about, you know, putting a witch hunt on this person because you deserve it. You, that is uh, utterly disgusting. So... Are we talking about the same person here? Mm-hmm. Okay. Let me yeah. try to see if I can find the video, actually. You guys continue. I'll I'll look it up. <laughs> I mean, I, I like to have um, evidence before I, like, say stuff. So let me look it up. No, I just haven't. I mean, I, I believe you. I just hadn't heard about that. I mean, I knew that there were other he, incidents. He said it as a joke. He was like, you, something like, you know how to get a girl to come home with you, something like that. And then, like, was point into his drink i think up. i remember reading that because like i said i've i've read about several instances with him they have he's where he's said things like that a person like history. that needs to be in prison i'm sorry no i'm not i'm dead serious like i'm not and i know elves or whatever they're called are gonna come for me i don't care you should come for yourself if you're standing somebody who's clearly okay with uh hitting on underage girls and clearly alluding to sexual assault. I mean, that sounds like a personal problem to me. Mm. It got quiet. So I'm going to get quiet. <laughs> I didn't know what to say after that. I don't, yeah, me either. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Lee Tech is 
is trash. And so is Sinjir. Yeah. I mean, I guess there's a couple of They didn't one of them hit a car like hits basically there was a car accident. The person got a DUI or the Korean equivalent. Which one um, was that that did that? It, I'm pretty sure it was Kangin. It's, it's yeah. Kangin. Yeah. He did it he had a DUI twice. Twice. I don't so, understand. Yeah. No, you know what? It's weird. Like Suju has really, really, really dedicated fans who kind of don't care about these. But then they got all in their feelings when Sungmin got married. And that's why he's on hiatus. It's not oh, because, yeah. you know, he did anything wrong. It's because he went to the army and got married. Mm-hmm. So that's the reason he has not been able to come back to the group. Mm-hmm. But you have like members put in lives in danger. But I think his name is In Yunhyuk, who literally, literally was like going into girls' dormitories at night. What? Like, I don't know if to look at them or to touch them or some shit like that. Yeah. What? Like, what? Google like Super Junior controversies, and there is so <laughs> many. So like, honestly, like, what? yeah, literally, there's a lot. Well, I mean, like, they also have a hundred members. So, I mean, it's not, <laughs> it's not like it's hard, right? To have. The- you know what? I used to wonder, like, is there a correlation between the year that the average year that the group members were born and, uh, co- you know, likelihood to basically be complete trash? And I'm starting to think there is. Like, Suju does has done things that is beyond, like, the regular stuff we get on K-pop artists about. Suju has done stuff that can get people felonies, like, for real, for real. And nobody talks about this. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's because, as I said, their fan base. I think it's two parts. I think it's one part that most people don't really care about them. Honestly, a lot of time, whenever I see people talk about, like, Super Junior, who's not a fan of them, they're just like, why are they still around? And all of these groups have disbanded. It's usually, like, the common. (laughs) And then, two, their fans don't care. Like, there has to be a reason why, like, and I mean, I say this as somebody who has mutuals who are really huge fans of Super Junior. And I mean, like, they'll put stuff up and I will I will definitely be the person who's like, yeah, so why were you in blackface? And like, why is it? And like, I'm, I will do that. <laughs> I don't care whose tweet it is. I don't care who's having this discussion. It's like, Yisung is trash because he did blackface. People told him it was wrong. And then he put up the same picture of him doing blackface like mm-hmm. he didn't care. Yep. So he's trash. Um, <clears throat> You know, he he was a little bit anti-gay and then he came out and was like, look, I'm learning, I'm Christian, blah, 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 I'm going to do better. But now he's following Donald Trump. Okay. And his face looks like weird, like a butt wow. or whatever. I don't like, <laughs> there's that. And then you have like, was it um, Shindog, who Who's just went on TV, who went on TV at the size that he is at and had the nerve to tell girls that they needed to manage their weight. Like, honestly, Kettle, I'm on um, like this, your favorite problematic Tumblr. That I just found that. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And I was going to read out. Lee took also said, I really dislike fat girls. I don't like, I don't think they take care of their bodies well. And he also said, Susie needs to lose weight. I remember when that whole controversy came out and I was like, really? Actually, Super Junior members in general, Super Junior seems to have an issue with fat people. Ego. 
Yeah. Well, yeah. But that wait, wasn't was to me? Was it him too, or was it Hicho who um had that thing that made who made Car- uh Kara's um Guhara cry on Radio Star? Was I don't that think him it was too? Hicho. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, no, not Hicho. Hicho, Hicho, um, Hicho. The crazy thing about Hicho is that well, I shouldn't say crazy. <laughs> anyway, the funny thing that was Kihyun. Yes, yes, yes. He's the one on on Radio Star. The funny thing about Hicho is that he somehow manages to be the least problematic, and yet he's still very problematic. Like, how is it that you're? It's Suju is a group where even your least problem. And when I say least problematic, I mean. I, I I am one of those people that thinks that, you know, there is a level to it in the sense that um, in terms of how many times you repeat an action, right? So not how severe it is. To me, colorism, racism, it's all severe. To, yes. But to me, where it becomes a level situation is if you apologize and don't do it again versus if you keep doing it and you don't care. Yes. Because then you're not ignorant then you're willfully doing it. Yeah, no, it's true. Mm-hmm. And that's why, like, with Yusung, like, every time I see his face, I want to punch it. Because not only do we know it was wrong that he did blackface, but he put up the self, the selka or selfie of it, like, the following year or two years later. Like, yep. he was so proud of his Nick, his Nick um, Fury cosplay, where he literally put on blackface that people said was a problem. And so that's why I per- and also I personally think he had a problem with that Leslie girl from Lo Siento because he was giving her desk times that they're promoting that song. Really? Like what? Like you, I'm like not, if I don't you pick up with Suju, so I yeah. don't need the tea. If like if you like look at some of the earlier performances and stuff like that of the song, like mm-hmm. everybody in the group, like or even interviews, like they were all like she she was like she had really good charisma with these guys and like you know they were talking they were teaching each other the words they were like dancing around they're having a good time because she's really like positive energy and then he was just like he was the only frowny face around and it's and of course the fans were like oh well maybe he was just trying he wasn't uncomfortable you know maybe he just needed some time to get comfortable and i'm just like mm. that's suspect <laughs> like what <laughs> Literally, this group has 1,200 members. Everybody's fine with her. It's just him. But, you know, it's he's just not comfortable. What's he not comfortable with? Girls? I'm sure he knows a lot of girls just in, in his agency alone. So it must be something else. Just saying. Hmm. Hmm. Just saying. But yeah, Super Junior, trash. This is honestly... <laughs> with the capital I know, T. I don't know where we're going next, but this is a perfect segue to something else. But where are we going next before I say that? We can go to your segue. Are you sure? Are you both sure? I'm sure. Are you sure now? I am. I'm waiting, bated breath here. What's going on? Okay. Can we, I know we talk about it a lot. We're kind of talking about it right now, but can we talk about situations where, with idols, the trash isn't directed necessarily outside; is directed inside. And I want to bring up the case of one John Jungkook. Uh, of the contemporary, uh, not K-pop, adult contemporary <laughs> band, <laughs> Bangtan Sonyeondun. Um, Jungkook has a very weird obsession with not being tan, and it goes back to that conversation we had a long time ago, where you know the the articles came out about Jimin saying Kamdungi 
and basically roasting Jungkook's skin and how, you know, a lot of BTS fans were mad that people were talking about it. But the problem that I kind of had more than anything was the fact that Jimin seems to be uncomfortable with having his skin be darker. Um, I just want to talk about like situations like this. I noticed that people are quick to cancel if it's like they make fun of another person, but they don't realize how harmful it is when they make fun of themselves or not even make fun, but like almost treat it like it's a plague. Jungkook, like if you, I watched a clip from Bon Voyage, that boy is applying sunscreen religiously. He probably applies sunscreen to his eyeballs. That's how scared, afraid he is that he will just even get the slightest hit darker. And that scares me, honestly, because I think that that's just as bad as if he were to, to me, that's equivalent to when Rat Monster said that he couldn't see J-Hope and V because they were too dark. To me, that's just as bad. I mean, I, I would love to see what you guys think about that kind of thing, but for me, the, the the situation is is that over and over again they're doing this in very subtle ways where you it might not seem like a color statement but when you think about it it is I, i'm sorry but saying that oh i don't want to tan or you know i i hope i don't tan it's one thing to say it i guess and you just don't want to get tan for whatever reason but it's another thing that if you say it all the time every single day right like I don't know. That really sticks out to me. And it really bothers me because even though obviously BTS is not a visual group, they did not get famous for their looks. But that doesn't take away from the fact that one seventh of BTS, as I always love to remind everybody, is an ultimate visual. And he happens to be also probably the darkest member in the group. And that obviously is Tay. Um, I just feel like if Jungkook is saying this about his skin on camera, like what is he saying to Tay behind clothes? Or you know what I mean? Like what kind of things are they saying to J-Hope? Or, you know, even beyond that, what kind of things are they saying about other people with tan skin? And and I hate this whole thing. It's like, oh, it's only because they're Korean. They don't think that way about other races. Well, that sounds really stupid because pretty much every other race is darker than Asians and white people. Like what? Like, I don't understand how you can say you hate tan skin or you can allude to the fact you don't think that it's good enough, but somehow that doesn't apply to a whole race of people who's pretty much known for their tan skin or in some cases, very dark skin. I don't know. What do you guys think about like the whole internalized colorism and like, do you guys feel like it's a problem or do you feel like I'm overreacting? Do you think it's a non-issue because he's not directing it towards somebody on camera or what? I mean, I think that, I mean, I agree with you said with what you're saying, because I mean, as far as the, I mean, it's self-hatred in a way. And I mean, it's all internalized from outside sources. So, I mean, it's, it's, the culture, it's what they're, you know, what they've been brought up to think by others around them. I mean, so it's, I mean, like you said, it's even if, you know, people try and, and brush it off and say, oh, well, you know, oh, they don't think about, you know, black people like this. They like Rihanna and Beyonce and 
they, you know, you know, they take pictures of black people and, you know, they put them out in the audience and I'm like, yeah, I mean, they're not Nazis, they're not evil, but they're still, that doesn't mean that they still don't have this internalized, you know, prejudice that is there that is against dark skin. I mean, that doesn't mean that they're going to stand there and point out someone in the crowd and be like, your skin's ugly, you know, or, you know, you're dark, so you're ugly sort of thing. Um, I think it is a Korean thing for them to remark upon each other's skin, um, which is why you would see them do that to each other, maybe not necessarily to someone else. But at the same time, it does, I mean, it does reveal, like, what, like, how they think of, I mean, just by saying that, that's kind of revealing that you are revealing this kind of weird superiority, like, this belief that it's, that lighter skin is better, that dark skin isn't as good. I mean, I just, I don't I don't see how you could see that as anything else, but um, I hope that made some sort of sense. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely does. I mean, I, I agree 1000%. It's like, yes, they're not hurting other people, but they actually kind of are because they have all these people who look up to them. They have all of these fans who hang on their every word. So if you're interning this this sort of hatred towards tanned or darker skin, people are going to pick up on that. And, like, I know it's just, you know, an Asian thing. I think it's just a Korean thing or whatever. Also, like, people are born the way that they're born. Not mm-hmm. everyone is going to be light-skinned. Not everyone is going to... I think it's... I think for a group, and, you know, not just BTS, but a lot of groups who are now trying to come out and be like, yeah, you know, we're here for, you know, loving yourself and all this stuff. It's it's kind of funny because you have such an, Im- they're, they're part of such an image-based industry. And I've I've seen other idols. I've seen other actors. Like, they're super religious about um, whitening their skin or making sure they don't tan. And I, I remember there was, Tiffany was on this, like, beauty show whatever and talking about the reverse tan and it's something that you use for, for if you have tan skin to make your skin really white and how like i think huna had done it between change and red because red she was very pale when she came out with that song but she had previously been tanned and this is how she did it she did it through the spray and i know like bollywood and stuff like that they actually have procedures that you could use to like prohibit melanin and like lighten your skin so i mean it's it's obviously not just a Korean problem. It's it's an international right. problem. Colorism is a problem. I think the best yeah. thing that anybody can do, especially if you have power, but also if you have very little power, is to push the idea that you are fine the way that you are. Yeah. And mm-hmm. like I have like little nephews and nieces who are darker skin, and I tell them that they're gorgeous and that they're beautiful all the time. I gas these kids up because I know what world we live in and I know how easy it is like as especially as a child or teen or preteen to like see someone that you 
you admire, you want to, you look up to, like, you know, BTS, Jungkook, and seeing him reapply and be so, like, really anal about not tanning and how that might be perceived and how that might be, you know, internalized. And I know it's, like, so easy because it happens to even adults, you know? So it's kind of just, like, one of those things where you're, like, this is wrong. I mean, like, regardless yep. of where you're from, what you believe, like, it's wrong. You shouldn't do this. Yeah. If <clears throat> if it's something, I mean, it's not something we can change. It's not something that, like, we can really, I, I personally don't think it's something that we can affect because I think it's so ingrained, especially in Korean society, like, for their idols, like, when you are tanned, like, the big, you know, like, Hyolin and, um, like, some of the S&D members and Jesse, like, when they're tanned, it's like it's healthy. It's it's you know like glowy. You know it's but they rarely ever use the word beautiful. I notice. I remember that's usually reserved for really white pale skin. Yeah, and so it's kind of interesting you bring that up because I just remember having a conversation with um, a friend of mine who is Korean, and she revealed to me that. Uh, she wanted to lose like a certain amount of weight or whatever. And so at that point, I started asking her some different questions like why and all that. And I also asked her questions like her body fat percentage. And I really, okay, that's a weird question, right? But I asked her that because after a certain point, after you lose so much body fat, um, I think for women, it's like 12%. You start to go into a point where your body can literally start eating your organs for to survive. And I wanted her to know that. So I was like, you do realize that it doesn't matter how much weight you lose. It, I think people don't realize, like, particularly in so in that case, it's a situation where people don't realize that body fat percentage is different for everybody. And that um, let's say you lose all this weight on the scale. It doesn't necessarily mean you're losing fat. You could just be losing muscle, which is killing you. And so I was just like, trying to you know give her basically hope and let her know like you don't have to do this just be just because everybody else is because her literal rationale was like the trend in korea right now is to look like a model and i was like okay <laughs> and i was explaining to her why that was unhealthy like seriously unhealthy and and then at the she seemed like she, it was getting through to her and then at the end of it i was like okay so do you think you might ease up on the diet now she goes i think i'm gonna still do it I'm like, okay, well, I can't control your life. Um, if you if you starve yourself and and something bad happens, I don't know what I can do at that point. Like, you know what I mean? I don't know how much I can do to help you. It's got to ha- be something that happens within you. And that goes back to this colorism thing. If you bleach your skin to the point where your stuff look like, I, if you put your skin to the point where you can't even go outside no more because you don't have skin no more, I don't know what to tell you. You're just going to be living the rest of your life inside. I, I, I'm I, not... At, at a certain point, it's like you can only do so much and people have to change for themselves. And it's just like it, it becomes a question of what will it take for people to really look deeper within themselves and be content with who they are. And I think it's really interesting that like earlier, like Nat was saying, we still have certain problems in America, like, you know, I guess overall with racism and whatnot, which is very true. But one thing I noticed about America is that a lot of Americans are on this like 
whole love yourself for real kind of kick. Whereas like, I'm just doing what I want to do with my life. Um, I've noticed, at least in, in, you know, with 20 somethings, our generation, um, it's, there's this really big push to like, really actually love yourself. Not just like, you know, say it, but like practice self-love. Um, and that's not something I can say for a lot of other places that I've been to or places that I know about from like my friends who grew up there, um, grew up in different places. I can't say that that's a situation that's happening all across the world. Of course, there's different things going on all across the world, but still, I think that that's the one good thing that I like about being an American citizen in 2018. Right. I, I agree. No, I do agree. <clears throat> like here that there is a push. That's why like I was kind of alluding to the whole like love yourself thing in Korea because I still think it's a lot of just smoke and mirrors. I don't think it's realistic. Uh-huh. And I don't think that there's a genuine push for it over there just because of the fact that there's not a lot of people there who just, you know, kind of love themselves and, <laughs> you know, who are not bound to you know, netizens and, and their agencies and things like that. It's a very small percentage of people who are just like, as we seem to be here, um, with a lot of people who just sort of like, whatever, I, I want to just want to be happy. So I'm just going to like focus on, you know, being the best me. Right. And so I, I do agree with that. Like, in that sense, I just, yeah, as I said, like, it's, I in Jungkook's case and a lot of people's cases, I kind of just feel really bad for them. I'll be very honest with you. I just, like, yeah, it's trash, it's stupid, and it's wrong. But also, like, for you to be so paranoid or anxious and, like, for that to be such a worry that you're literally applying sunscreen every two hours. I don't know. I just, I don't think that's, a, a, like, a fun way to live, you know? Yeah. I feel like you're already under so much pressure from, you know, this world tour and, like, doing that probably i i'm not saying i don't think they can rep success they're having right now but i it it kind of hard for me not to believe that other groups are are, are just are going to be able to get to that level like mm -hmm. i feel like there's going to be space for a lot of groups at that level soon and yeah. i don't think bts is going to stand out as much in that sense mm -hmm. so it's yeah, it's just I just feel really bad. <laughs> like wanna... as I said, I, I don't think it's a way to live. I don't think it's a way to live at all. Do we want to send like a one sentence message to Jungkook in case he ever uh, hears this? Sure, knock <laughs> yourself out. Everybody say one sentence to Jungkook. It could it could be about loving yourself, or it could be about um, it could be about loving yourself for real, or loving yourself to know enough to know that. Um, vocal training helps. Go ahead. Oh my god. <laughs> Who Jim wants to Cook? go first? Oh, I'll go first. Okay. Jen Cook. I think that you should love yourself for real. So if that means that you get a couple, you know, you move from like an N, you know, NW or NC, I don't know, like 10, whatever like that shade is. Yeah, you know, I'm 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 guessing that's the lightest shade because I'm like an NW45 at Mac. So I'm just guessing that that's a really light shade. But mm -hmm. you know, if you move up a 
a couple of shades and foundation, it's not the end of the world. People will still love you for who you are. So, but you just need to love yourself first. And also, please, 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 contact Taman's vocal coach at SME. You know. And... <laughs> Because, I mean, I do like his tone. I'll be honest. I do like his tone. But there's so much room for improvement. And mm-hmm. I would mm-hmm. really love for BTS to actually have vocalists. Like, that, you're asking vocalists. for a lot. But... I'm, yeah, you know what? <laughs> but you said... I, I know it was supposed to be one sentence. But I may, I think I just gave you, like, three. You as many as you need to do. Love this is our message. To, <laughs> this is our message to our Junguki because we don't love you, but we love you. It's a complicated yeah. relationship. We love you yeah. as a person, but some of the things you these do, things out of, out of, because we care. Yeah, exactly. Now, if you're done, done, are you done that, Ash? You want I to am get done. your your paragraph mm-hmm. or what? Okay. This is this is hard for me to say, but Jungkook, put down, put down the sunscreen. Practice <laughs> what you preach. Love yourself, okay. Um, it's gonna be all right. I've seen you in America. You look so much better with melanin in your skin. So, please get a nice therapist. Take some time for some self care. Take a nice bubble bath. Get your toenails done. I don't know. Whatever you need to do. Jungle should come out with uh, red painted toenails. <laughs> Why? And, and them, you know those little, uh, I don't know what, are those like Jesus sandals? Those little sandals he be wearing? I'd be like, boy, you don't get your raggedy Jesus looking sandals. toes. Back into Everybody trying to see that. Um, no, I'm kidding. We... We don't love your toes, but you know we don't hate them either. Anyway, are you? Is that it, Ash? Yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> okay, Jungkook. I think my message to you is: I really, really hope you see yourself for more than just the your looks in the mirror, your your voice, your dancing. Um, of course, that's a part of you, but another part of you is just the fact that you are here and you are you. Um, you have so many redeeming qualities about yourself that are not related to your appearance or related to what your fans think of you. And I think it is very important that you really search within yourself to find the love that you're looking for in IU that you're looking for in oh, Jungle is pretty thirsty for like a lot of idols. All of the idol celebrities. Tanache, he's thirsty for Tanache? Wasn't he one of the members who was like, you want to work with Tanache? I thought that was J Hope. Maybe I'm okay. I thought it was more know. than one of them. Maybe it was. Well, Tanache, I, I know you're searching for love in all the wrong places. <laughs> um but yeah, I really hope that you understand that you have a lot to offer. Um, you are not a lost cause, unlike other people who you know very well who are lost causes. Um, and I have hope for you that it will get better. Don't disappoint. Don't if you make me look stupid though, Jungkook, I'm gonna I'm gonna get with you. Don't make me look stupid. 
because I, I believe in you. Um, and that's what I had to say to uh, our Jungkooki. That was very touching. I hope RM translates that for him. RM, I think you know our English is good enough. If Rap Monster translates it. it, it's gonna be no nothing near what I said. He's gonna <laughs> add in all kind of pseudo fake deep stuff about like why you know man started in Africa and he he's gonna go on a whole tip tip I feel and I don't want to go in that route I don't have time for for rat monster he's and I will call you rat monster if I want to you know what I'm gonna just go ahead and give him a message too your name is not RN your name is rat monster or Namjoon actually I'm not gonna call you rat monster because uh your mother named you Namjoon your name is Namjoon, and you don't, you're not allowed to get cute nicknames. I know your fans call you Junie. No, you don't get cute nicknames. We don't do that over here. Um, you are Namjoon, and you need to stop. Like, honestly, we know you're smart, allegedly. You don't have to go <laughs> out and, like, do this fake beast stuff. Just continue to not be as problematic as you once were. Just don't say nothing at all. If they do <laughs> interviews, just don't speak. It's kind of hard when he's, he's like the English speak. person. <laughs> I would honestly rather listen to Tay talk about stuff I can't understand in Korean than listen to Namjoon cussing people out and talking about their skin color. I don't have time for it. Isn't his IQ like 140 something? I thought I read that somewhere. Yeah, I think I read that too. For somebody with, never mind. <laughs> I I said that I am a recovering. Um, I am. God is saving me. You guys don't know it. <laughs> I am praying to not be so mean towards Namjoon because I have such a weird relationship towards him. Like his persona, the whole because of his past. Yeah, it's like a combination of his past and like. Also, it's kind of clear. I don't know if you guys have ever watched like or paid that much close attention to BTS, but it's kind of clear that he's not one of the more popular ones and it's clear that he wants to be. Like he made a whole thing about how in Korea every time every time it was like his the like you know how fans do the fan chat, the fans were silent during his solo stages or like people say if when I say that you say that and like the fans would just be silent it'd be crickets so when he he did a v-line and said I please please like sing along with me because I need you guys to sing along with me I was like dang like kind of hurt my feelings a little bit because he's still human right I felt a little sorry for him but he I'm done we got, we're gonna have to cut out like ninety percent of this because <laughs> exactly. everything I said, you can just cut it all the way out. No, nah, Jimmy, your stuff is the most interesting. Yeah. Um, what did you say? You had something else to say about Jungkook, or is that something different? Who me or Nat? You. You said you had a message for him, or was that the message you already oh, gave him? That was the message. The message is just to really. Honestly, I don't know why, but I really like Jungkook. At first, I didn't. At first, I thought he was like, I don't know, just kind of standoffish. Or like, his persona didn't appeal to me. 
And like also he has a problematic past as well. Well, let's just be real. All of BTS has a problematic past. Like you wouldn't know that from the armies, but yeah, they look oh my god. You know how hard it was for me to find that problematic K pop page and like to find something that was reliable about things BTS has done, but like honestly, Jungkook is the one that I feel like he he truly does not seem like a not that any of them do necessarily, but he really doesn't seem like a horrible person. Like he just kind of seems young and just aloof, like kind of not all the clueless. way there. What yeah. you say? I said clueless. That's yeah, how he came across to me when I first saw him, um, and I first like found out his name. Mm-hmm. I was just like, oh, he's young and just you know, young. <laughs> I was like, that was yeah, that was it. He kind of. I'm not. I'm gonna be all the way real with you guys. With because everybody had the jokes about how he he couldn't read. I don't like uh-huh. to make fun of people who can't read, but That's like. Nice. I think that part of the reason why, like, part of his vibe is like his reputation. So, like, a lot of people have this reputation of saying he can't read. I don't think that's funny, but I think that he has this aloofness about him that you see what I'm saying, like, that I think feeds into that for people. Um, when in reality, I think he's just very reserved. Like, the more I pay attention to him, the more he comes off as like a really sensitive kind of person who just, especially, did you guys see how he cried? At the last concert, because he couldn't dance. Yeah, yeah he seemed weird. really upset, like, the whole time. And I was yeah. like, do you guys think there's a conspiracy? Like, that there's more to it? Because it's just kind of weird how he's walking fine. Like, if you, I watched him, and he was walking normally. And, like, he even did the shoot dance. But I for- heard something about, like, it may be more, like, of a general health thing. Like, maybe he's... Like maybe it's not really his angle. It's just like he's exhausted or or something. Like they're yeah. doing it as a preventive measure sort of thing because they are running those guys ragged. But doesn't it make more sense to just cancel the concert? Well, all those ticket sales. But mm. at the end of the day, the way I feel though is armies always talk about like we don't want to overwork them. Like for example, under the talk. stage. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. But like it's a it's the thing, it's like y'all are gonna burn them out. It it just kind of scares me how um, literally I keep talking about this because it scares me how on Burn the Stage he fainted and then like it was like or whatever happened, he passed out or something, and then it was like nothing happened. And then it was just like, oh, just another day in the office for BTS. Yeah. I mean part of that too is like the Korean culture because it's very common for people to be expected to work through sickness and like I mean you just see all the idols there I mean part of it is the nature of the business because it's about making money but part of it is also cultural because so it's both of those things together that make a really toxic work environment where you're just kind of expected to go 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 and then especially if you're making money and you're doing really well oh my gosh just don't expect to get time off ever i mean yeah bts just added like more dates i think didn't they well the dates were already there they just didn't have venues as well oh, okay yeah. all right still yeah. yeah i mean i i don't know i don't know if it i mean it is weird that if something's wrong with his foot is it that he would still be able to get up and dance like that's yeah. weird to me 
But I just am really starting to like Jungkook, and it bothers a lot of stuff about his situation, particularly in that group, bothers me. But that's for another time. So, <laughs> our deep dive BTS episode, if we ever get around to it. Oh boy, deeper than that. Oh. No, because I have a lot of thoughts on, <laughs> on Taeyong. I have a lot of thoughts on Taeyong, too. Those two I feel the most sorry for. Them and maybe, like, J-Hope. Because I feel like he also... It's just kind of based on how their personas are. like, And also the things that they've been through. Like, I know that... Tae, it, it has to be hard to lose people. Literally three people in a row. Within, what, like a year? Yeah. And I don't know. It just... I can relate to that. So, anyway. Okay. Well, I have one last news piece, unless there's more after that. But this is the last one I have. <laughs> this is the last one I have, personally. Um, so, the last SM station was announced. And there have been rumors going around about this collaboration. But it was finally verified few days ago that Wendy from Red Velvet will be doing a song with John Legend. The youngest guy to have an Emmy, a Grammy, an Oscar, and a Tony. And Wendy, who is famous for having done on two separate occasions her own personalized version of an imitation of a black woman full with snaps and neck rolling. I would like to, I would like to add here that um, international fans um, have reacted um, pretty negatively to this. And um, reportedly people have been retweeting videos of Wendy and her, um, interpretations to um, John Legend on Twitter. Um, which probably won't, won't mean anything because they've probably already went ahead and done like the, the, the duet and everything. Yeah, but still, I find that kind of funny. Um, yeah, Wendy, it sucks that she's the best singer in Red Velvet because she is. And she has a pretty good voice. But I just... I just can't with her. And yeah, I I feel like that's what a waste of a duet. I don't know. I feel like you, you get somebody like John Legend. I mean, I don't know who else they could have could have put with him, but Wendy? I don't know. Thoughts, feelings. Don't do it, John. Basically, this is how I feel. I feel like anytime somebody wants to work with a K-pop artist, they should go to the black delegation of the K-pop fandom and they should <laughs> ask them, is this okay? Is this person trash? Usually the answer will be yes. <laughs> so, I mean, that might affect what they're going to do next. But at least, you know, you're not going to get yourself into these situations when you're clearly working with another idol that makes me want to punch them in the face. Because she... <laughs> She has been doing this black sense on two separate occasions. And I know for a fact that if Wendy was actually around black people, 
and they asked her to do that black side, she would feel uncomfortable and she would know she shouldn't be doing that. Yep. She lived in the States. She lived in Canada. I was, like, she lived outside of Toronto, so she lived in, like, probably more predominantly white places. But, you know, even outside of the city, there were Black people. So it's it's kind of like, you know this is wrong. You need, like, this this is touching on the bigger issue, where idols do need to do better. They need to speak up. They need to apologize. They need to say that these things are wrong so people don't continue doing it. Because nobody is saying... The N-word, saying the N-word is wrong. Everybody's still kind of, you know, slipping it in here or there, like, dummies. Even though, like, by now, they should definitely know better. It's just so frustrating. And, like, Wendy. Wendy, yes, she can sing. But can she sing? I don't know. You know. I don't know. She has a nice voice. For And for an idol, she's definitely on the better end, but that's a pretty low branch but i probably i assume that's more like likely because she she didn't model her her like her singing growing up on k-pop artists she modeled it on western artists so i think that's why her style of singing is very different it's kind of like Mm -hmm. why tiffany from snnd's style of singing like her preferred style of singing is different yeah because she grew up listening to western artists and that's how she modeled her voice um so i mean yeah compared to k-pop artists yeah i would say that she's definitely in top known for being vocalist um but on the other hand like what kind of song is this like is it gonna be bland and boring is he just gonna be playing piano they said that it was like we're I think they said it was like set in the fifties or something, which the fifties for black people wasn't a particularly happy time. So we're just we're just compiling the crap, is what you're <laughs> Yeah. I don't know how I feel about that. Is she gonna be like I don't know, in a blonde wig, like saying mildly racist stuff <laughs> to John Legend as <laughs> to be like shucks and jives? Like, is this gonna be literally a I don't know. Maybe take that out. Don't don't include what I just said. But is she like going to be talking in a black sense? Is that like how she talks to John Legend, like with her her black scent? Like, is that, is that what's going on here? Or she doesn't. Honestly, John Legend would probably not even care. But that's a whole other John Legend. Category. That is also very true. <laughs> that's yeah. That is John also Legend would be true. like, oh, talk to me more, mommy. That's what you would say. Wasn't it uh, Childish Gambino that said he liked to be called the N-word in bed by his Asian wife? So... I don't he's know. Another he's another Childish Yeah, he's, no, he's, he's he's gone on record talking about how, like, black girls didn't want him because he's nerdy, blah, 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 blah. So uh, he likes Asian things, the fetishization. Even though, like, it's crazy because most of the nerds that I know are black women. So for all these people yeah. who are like, oh, black girls didn't exactly. want me because I was in the thug, that's no. shit. Because they didn't want like, that's real crap. Yeah. Your personality was ratchet. <laughs> I would have loved to date a nerd, like a fellow, like, anime, like, comic book nerd as well, too. They all wanted white girls. So, like, what are you, yep. like, what are you even talking about? 
I hate that. I hate those excuses. Like, just just be honest. Nobody cares that you just like Asian women. I mean, it's kind of the fetishization. Obviously, is disgusting. It's weird. But yeah. like, mm -hmm. if you if it's like there's well, there's a difference between fetishization and just being open to other races. Uh, yeah. I think that a lot of American men cross that line when it comes to Asian women. I think a lot of them are fetishists because they say things like, oh, I don't want to date an American woman because they're just so their favorite word is, you know, bitchy or something like that. You know, that alluding to that when really what they mean is they stereotype all Asian women to be submissive. Yeah. Yeah. They don't they don't want women who will say no. It's kind of the idea. They want somebody to cook their laundry, clean them you know like they want the women to do all of that and then probably also work because they don't want to work hey, right so, and the, cra yeah. the crazy thing is though about like those types of standards that they have it's like okay well that's it. you know I don't mind cooking cleaning doing laundry whatever what I mind is when you expect me to do all that take care of you take care of the kids go to work do no no it's not going <laughs> to work like that I'm not going to be supporting you that's not a partnership that that no and i think honestly one thing i noticed hot take that we might have to cut out one thing i noticed <laughs> is that a lot of men that make those types of excuses for why they date outside of their race what the reality is is they want to be taken care of they want a mom they don't they want lazy. a mom to sleep with it's creepy yep it's really creepy and the end thing is, is like i actually unfortunately in college and all that you meet all kind of people who they're living off of women like they're their woman quote unquote yep. they're like you know she pays a cell phone bill she paying the rent and he's not doing anything yep and i just mm -hmm. personally would not tolerate that i have seen so many fathers who like never helped out with their ch children growing up anything like that but they always had you know the freshest clothes they always had the nicest cars wow. But never paid child support, had all these different women, like all these different baby mom, not for me. And people I would rather be single for the rest of my life. Right. Than be with a loser like you. And people nope. stigmatize the baby mamas. But yeah, what no, about for sure. the men who go and create these baby mamas? Like what? <laughs> the men are never wrong at like any time, unfortunately. So so do we think uh, this Asian fetish that John Legend has extends to Wendy? Oh, God. <laughs> that would be scary. <laughs> yeah, like, or, I, I, was, I don't want to... I was just thinking, though, like, maybe that was indirectly maybe part of why he decided to take part in this. I don't know. Maybe he was thinking, ooh, Asian artists, you know, I don't know. I feel like either he's low-key a fan of k-pop or knows right. about it or either like maybe his wife does right because if i'm an american artist like if i'm an american artist at the height of john legend like the status of john legend what i'm not going to do is a collaboration with basically korea korea's version of selena gomez i'm not gonna do it wendy's not even at that level. not even at that she might be you know she might be disney star level like I don't even know the names of modern day Disney stars, but she might be that level. She doesn't have the success that it's not like she's in the biggest group in Korea. And yeah, Red Velvet is popular, but they're still, I think, a little too new. And she's the least popular member in her group. Of the group. Yeah. 
Yeri's probably the least popular member of them. I don't know. Wendy, I think, is neck and neck with her, honestly. Wendy and who? Wendy and who? Yeri. Yeri. I think Yeri's popular. She's just not liked. She's just disliked. Like, I think a lot of people talk about, I feel like her name is always in people's mouth. Her and Irene. Wasn't Irene the one yes. when they were in North Korea? Like, yeah. the one that, okay, I thought, thought so. Yep, that was Irene. They should have never sent them girls in North Korea. You Well, maybe Wendy, but not the rest of them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Because if they had a guy stuck over there, they had to become North Korean citizens. That would have been hot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Any other thoughts on this new story or anything else? Any final thoughts at all? Um, I want to say that I'm really happy that my girl Yin or Yenny or Haf Felt or H A Felt. I don't know how she pronounces that. Anyways, I'm really happy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really happy that Yenny from Leonard Girls has been cleared of the asinine charges that netizens and I think the actual police might have had against her because her father was scamming people and using her name. And this is her estranged father. Like, he hasn't been in her life for years and years on end. And he's using her name to scam people out of money. And people were coming after her and saying, like, you owe me this money. I don't care if you and your father haven't spoken in 20 years. You need to give me this money. Um, but she's been officially cleared of all these charges. So mm -hmm. hopefully that means that she's going to be able to focus on some music. And maybe even do something a little bit more mainstream so she gets some money. Yep. Because the indie stuff is not really paying all the bills, I don't think. Well, her uh, her no, dad's was. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I kid. I kid. <laughs> we don't like thieves over here, though. We don't scammers. We have a saw a, a place in our heart for scammers, but yeah. not thieves. There's a clear difference. <laughs> exactly. I mean, Taeyong, Joan, the scammer. Like these are people we are okay with. Yeah, <laughs> but we don't like actual thieves. Like that. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Robin Hood gave to the poor. That that's okay. Mm, I, I actually frankly don't believe that. I feel like that's a myth. I feel, feel like you <laughs> I love that she's like, I feel, uh, that's funny. That's so funny. <laughs> also, shout out to Soyu from Sistar for her first win. I, I think it's actually her first solo win Oh, for Love Me Like You Do. Sure. I actually really like it. I thought it was a fun song. I love that she's doing something other than ballads because that's what she's known for and you know maybe she gave the whisper voice a bit of a break too with this new song and it's it's latin feel like um influence like a lot of k-pop now and it's just fun she's really sexy and doing and she's dancing with a guy like it's a grown-up song like finally you know we have these idols who are no longer in these groups and they're making adult contemporary music i feel <laughs> like just like i feel like they've been waiting especially the girl like girl group members are like have been like waiting like to go solo decades so that they can do something that's like not a baby voiced like cheerleader type song i feel like that's going to be twice in like five more years like when some of the members go solo they're just gonna wild out and do like sexy concepts Momo. 
My mom looks like she's ready. So, <laughs> you know. I have a theory that pretty much every girl that's in a girl group wants to be solo anyway. And the theory comes from actually those survival shows that where they take, like, I know, for example, I was watching The Unit, but um, they basically take already existing groups and try to make new groups from already. It's the concept is dumb. But the point is, <laughs> I have this theory that they all want to be solo. I don't think any girl who joins a girl group does it with the intention of being with this group forever. Hmm. Which isn't smart. I yeah. personally think that it's always smarter to <clears throat> never disband, like SNND is saying that they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, never disband so you still have the fan base putting money into yourself. I mean, that's the only thing I can I can use to sort of make sense of the fact that Yuri's video has like 5 million views and, you know, like it's charting in places because it's it's not good. So, yeah, it's the the stones. Stones. Yeah, they are Um, desperate for that validation to um, make SNSD um, relevant. Still, Mm. but you didn't hear that from me. I also think though that they do it like after Jessica got kicked out, they sort of close rank and they they sort of decided that they're just going to support everything for one thousand percent. Like, to sort of prove that the Soshi bond is real. Like, yes, they're best friends. And yes, the fandom supports all of the members. We don't pick sides. Because before that, I feel like the fandom was a little bit more divided. The girls clearly had issues with each other. Um, so I personally think now it's like, it's also just come together and decided that they're going to support every single thing that they do, regardless of the quality of it. But that's my theory on that. Yes. Okay. Any other shout outs or no. things to be addressed? The usuals, Golden Child, D Crunch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in fact, uh, I'm forgetting, I think it was Boyfriend24. Honestly, <laughs> honestly, you can literally just say a random word and a random number and you have a K pop. It's likely it's as a group from some company somewhere. Yeah, so shout out to Boyfriend24 in case you do exist. <laughs> and watch that. And the, boys. the boys. The boys. Yes. The boys. Shout out to the boys. Um, shout out to YG for continuing to fail. Um, <laughs> that's really it. Oh, JYP. Oh, yeah, we already congratulated you on your baby. Um, shout out to your hairline. And that's about it. <laughs> And and to your cult, your cult book. He's not having a meeting anymore. Oh, yeah. He's 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 writing a book about the cult. Looking forward to that book, JYP. Yeah, so get that out do. soon. Get that out soon. We will great. make sure to purchase the book the same way we purchase all of God Seven's music. <laughs> okay. That was another episode of Not Your Average Nessence. Thank you to everyone who continues to listen to our show and subscribes to our channel on SoundCloud, subscribes to us on iTunes, um, leaves comments, emails. Thank you so much for your support. And you can always reach us 
at notyouraveragenetizens at gmail.com um, for any comments, concerns. If you have a question for any of us here, we will read it on the air and give you your answer here on the air if you'd like. And we are also on Twitter at NYA Netizens. Um, obviously, we post our updates there. So whenever we have our new episodes and everything that goes on the Twitter. And I believe that that's it. If you guys have questions for us about ourselves, the show, or just about K-pop in general that you would like for us to answer, Again, not your average netizens at gmail.com. Also, if you're having a personal problem in your life, <laughs> um, you can We're ask here for us. you, too. Yeah, Go ahead and ask us So, <laughs> Jungkook, if you want to send us a letter, we will happily read it. Um, but, yeah, if you're having a personal problem for real, ask us, and we will give you the uh, answer using popular K-pop lyrics. Oh wow, that just escalated. Okay. That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. That's 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 a Are lot. You, well, I'm gonna party to the sundown. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> Wait, what lyric is that from? Sehun. So, 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 so. <laughs> <laughs> Baby, I'm a party to the sun. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, I'm talking about what I know about. Okay. Y'all don't get that reference. So then I guess I will be dripping water faucet. Splash. splash. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see you still fucking with that cheese. That's that queso. But you know. We're all we are speaking in lyrics. Okay. <laughs> all right. Again. <laughs> so if you have any questions or any concerns, again, not your average innocence at gmail.com. Okay. I think that that is it. I think yep. since we were speaking in lyrics, I think that is a definitive end to our show. So, thank you guys. Thank you, Jimin and Nat, for joining me. And thank you to all the listeners. And we will see you on the very next episode. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye.